Hey, it's Fallon, and you're listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. I apologize. I did not have an episode last week. In the past, if I couldn't find a guest or line up a guest in time, I would have just agonized. I would have been working on finding someone to the very final hour, basically, even if it was completely inconvenient for me to record. And I decided to not do that to myself this time. Because what I've learned with podcasts is consistency is key. So I wanted to make sure I always had a podcast every single Friday. This past week, the people I was reaching out to, they weren't available and I was trying to make it work and the like three or four people I was talking to just couldn't make it work. And so I just I just allowed it to not happen. But I have an episode this week and I have one um, that I'm recording actually today for next week, uh, assuming everything goes well. And I am really excited for you to hear Kylie's episode today. And this is not a knock on previous guests at all, so please don't take it as that. But Kylie's episode was told so well. It's one of the best episodes I can remember hearing in quite some time or recording in quite some time. And I, it's such a weird thing to say that about someone's heartbreak, right? But what I mean by that is Kylie told her story in such a way that even if it's something you haven't gone through, I just think you're going to feel for her on a deep level. You're going to relate. And I really appreciate, if I haven't said it lately, you listening. Kylie joins me today on the Heartbroken Podcast. Kylie, let's let everyone know what we'll hear in your story today. Um, I'm going to be telling you about how my husband showed up on our front doorstep unannounced after deployment and left three days later for his mistress. I'm Fallon, and this is the Heartbroken Podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life, some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. Wow. I mean, that that's so much in, in just a, a short amount of time. And you emailed me, Kylie, and like we've we've conversed before, uh, kind of talking about your story and you weren't quite ready to share it, but something changed in you and you're like, okay, I think I'm ready to share this now. Yes. Um, when I first talked to you, I was actually, I didn't even realize that I was still pretty much in the middle of it. Um, oh, okay. I I thought that it was kind of at the end, um, but I was definitely, there are lots of stuff I found out later, um, and I feel much better about where I am now than I did back then, is why I was kind of doubting whether I should do the podcast at first, and now I just feel like it's my next my next step in um, healing and letting go. So. Okay. Let's go back to the beginning before this obvious huge shift in your life when you guys met. Tell me a little bit about your relationship. Um, we met actually at work. He was my boss. Um, he's very, uh, <laughs> he's funny and you're kind of uh, attracted to his chaos is how I met him. <clears throat> okay. And yeah. So fast forward from that, we um, ended up getting pregnant and had a baby girl, and he actually had a son previous to that with a different relationship. And um, we just, I don't know, we were this crazy, fun, blended family, and we had our struggles and stuff, but we, I don't know, we just fit really well. He he just always can make me laugh. That's something so important to me in our relationship, I guess. 
Yeah. So you got you had your baby. Um, how long had you guys been dating when you got pregnant? Uh, not that long. I think it That's was a, yeah, <laughs> like half a year. I think it was okay. an oopsie baby. So it was. <laughs> Uh, definitely life-changing then too, but we made it work and it was awesome. Yeah. And did you guys decide like we should get married or did you wait for a while for that? I actually asked him to wait um, until after we had the baby because I really wanted to be sure that we were right for each other and that we had the same um, goals for our life as a family. Um. And he ended up proposing about three months after she was born. So (laughs) it was a pretty scary moment, but I was ready and I thought he was too. Yeah, you. but you knew it. Like, I mean, there's something about – I respect that because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we're we're having a baby. We should get married. But I love Mm -hmm. that you were like, no, let's wait and make sure this is truly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So – you got engaged three months after you had your baby, mm-hmm. and then how how long were you guys engaged before you got married? Um, we didn't get married until after she was one, so I wanted her to be able to walk in the wedding. So we had a pretty long engagement, at least it felt long. Um, my family is super um, religious, and they wanted us to get married <laughs> like before we had the baby, but I was not about that. I was very strongly I needed time. So, um, yeah, it was probably a year and a half after we had her. And then we were married for almost five years um, before we before we even had a deployment. We Our deployment were, was when my daughter was two or three, I believe, was our first deployment. So he was in the military when you guys got together, and you knew deployment was a possibility. Yes, that was always a possibility. Um, He worked full-time for them most of the time, not our whole relationship, but it was already part of our life from the beginning. Okay. So what does deployment – with deployment, do you automatically go, or he just automatically goes alone without you guys? Um, That really depends. With our situation, he, he goes without us. Um, and he has usually one of the longest deployments. It's pretty close to a year long. It's usually 10 to 10 to 11 months. Wow. That's so hard, especially those early years with a kid. Yeah, it was definitely hard. Um, but I have an amazing family and they supported us every step of the way. So when did things start getting strange for you guys? Was it during that first deployment or later? No, it was later. I mean, we, we've, we've had our um, trials and we had gotten through so many rough patches. I mean, we, uh, he, he was my best friend. I, you know, you, you really get to know your partner, you know, all their deepest, darkest secrets, stuff that you don't share with other people. And I felt like that's where we were. And um, we could get through anything. And it didn't, our, our first appointment was actually pretty good. I, I honestly felt, felt good about it. Um, but when he got home is when it was pretty rocky and if things felt a little off and we worked really hard on our marriage and to change things about that. 
what were the things that were off? Like you, I mean, everyone always says we have, is there one argument that you guys kept going back to or was it, or did he just feel distant or what was it? No, he just has, um, he has a problem with needing attention elsewhere, um, seeking it elsewhere. It's like, uh, whether it be, I'd, I'm like embarrassed for some of the stuff that are just, I don't even like to talk about. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't know how to share. They're just they're, it, it, stuff that really big red flags that I should have not there's stuff that we thought we had dealt with that he was still dealing with. Is it like um, messaging other people online kind of thing? It's searching online for other people, things that I was not ready to see. Okay. And um, yes, messaging other people. Very okay. Much. And you knew this was happening, but you would talk about it and he would, I'm guessing, promise he would stop doing it? Yeah, and we had made changes in our marriage where we decided to start going to church and trying to um, bring our focus back on our family. Um, I guess we, after that first appointment and we went to this new church, it was life-changing for us. And it was, I got to see him um, really evolve into this awesome father and a a person I had always wished for him to be, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And that was when we were at the peak of our, of our relationship was uh, right, right before our second deployment. And I actually, so the first deployment came, he came home. I actually got pregnant again. Um, nine months is the time that time frame he was home before he left for his second deployment. Um, wow. So did he, was he there for the birth of the second baby? I'm guessing not. No, he was not. Um, we, we got wind of a new job um, full time um, closer to both of our parents and in a school district in a town that we absolutely adored. And we were so excited about it. And it was not, the position was not supposed to deploy. And about three or four days before his interview, they called us to let us know that the person that was supposed to de- deploy for this de- um, this position was somehow not able to anymore. And that if he got the job, he would be deploying. And they wanted to warn us because they knew he hadn't even been home for a full year and that I was pregnant. Um, so we... <laughs> We took our time and really, I mean, we didn't, we didn't really have any time. We took the three or four days to think about it, but we knew that they were calling us because they were already considering him for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Did you say, don't do this? Or did you just support him in going? I supported him in what, what he thought. I don't even know. I was like, I don't want you to go, but I feel like we've been praying and asking for this life. This is exactly what we wanted where uh, our kids to grow up in this job and to be by our family and everything. It it felt right. So we were like, we're going to go through with the process. And if you get the job, then it's meant to be. Um, Sorry, this is where I start to get emotional. It was super hard. Um, being, I was like seven months pregnant 
and he had to leave yeah. in a month. <laughs> he got the job. Oh. Surprise, surprise. Um, it was the hardest goodbye. You know, I, I can honestly say that I said goodbye to my husband forever that day because he did not come back um, the same person. And I was so pregnant and I was all of a sudden my whole mood changed. I was sad and depressed and lonely. Um, you know, to be going through that alone was scary. And I had to yeah. I had to move me and our two other kids into a new home alone, into a new town. Um oh, I can't I mean I, I only have my one kid, and I just can't imagine my husband being gone at the end. I mean, that I mean, you are just at the end of a pregnancy. If you're listening and you haven't been through one, I mean, the end. I mean, first of all, you're emotional anyway. Yeah. Um, but then you're exhausted. You're exhausted just from carrying that kid, but you are also taking care of two others. And then no one, everyone's moved in their life. Moving is the worst. Yeah. And then. <laughs> You don't have that emotional support too. Forget the like extra hands to help, the emotional support that you need from your partner. Right. I can only imagine how hard that was. Yeah. Um, it was extremely hard. And the the last two months of my pregnancy was a lot of me crying in bed alone, just wishing, like praying that he would come home. Um, and he didn't. And I didn't really understand why he made up a lot of excuses. And even though so he could have come home, but he would make up excuses. Yes, he he tried to tell me that he couldn't. But um, one of his coworkers was also having a baby, and they got to come home. And I found out about it, and I was pretty. Oh my yeah, I was pretty upset. Um, I could feel a shift in our calls. And they grew shorter and less context. And um, they just became fewer and fewer. And he couldn't listen. Like he was, I think it almost hurt him just as bad to hear how how um, depressed I was. And I think he couldn't take it. And I begged him to talk to me for months. <laughs> but I finally, you know, I had this baby and I had the support of my family. Um which was awesome, and his family. But someone told me at the day that I gave birth to our son that, that he was having an affair, um, that there was somebody else. And he called me and tried to shut it down immediately. He's like, I don't know what they're talking about. I, I, don't, I don't even talk to anybody or any girls, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like... I, I literally am holding your newborn baby. I can't even think about this right now. Um, and I, I literally pushed it off. I, you know, in my head, like, of course, it's in the back of my mind, but I was literally holding a newborn baby. And it's, I knew that all I needed to do was survive and take care of this baby um, and our kids, even though I had caught wind of something else. Um, and then Kylie, did you know in your gut? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, this girl ended up posting something on Facebook and she tagged my husband in it and she was thanking him 
on Facebook about her faith and how he brought Jesus into her life. And I was like, I don't even do that to my own pastor. Why is she thanking you publicly on Facebook? Like, what is going on? And so they ended up blocking me. My own husband blocked me on Facebook. (laughs) And I mean, after that, I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not going to even look at your stuff anymore. Like they, they hid everything from me. So I couldn't see that they were posting pictures together and all of this stuff and like totally keeping me in the dark. And he basically like, were your friends and family and his family seeing this? No, they, he blocked us all like from seeing all of that. And she would stop taking him in it so that none of us could see any of it. Um, And he basically just started ghosting me and the kids. He would call every so often and it was torture, like raising a newborn by myself. I, I can remember so many nights I would literally stare at the ceiling and I would just think relief is coming soon. Um, He's going to be home and we're going to work this out and it's going to get better. And, you know, like I just kept telling myself, you got to get, you got to get to, whenever he's coming home. Um, Fast forward again, he goes to Dubai for leave, (laughs) the most luxurious, expensive city in the world. And he tells me that he's not going to have Wi-Fi while he's there. And I'm like, you're joking, (laughs) right? You're joking. Yeah. Nope. He ended up going to the most expensive place with this, this mistress who, by the way, is married. She's married. Mm. Um, so she's posting this stuff on Facebook for yeah, her husband and his wife to see and all family and friends as if they're – yeah, wow, bold. Okay. Yep. So – and he goes dark for like an entire week over this Dubai leave and calls me one time, <laughs> one time. I'm like, where have you been? Like, it's your daughter's birthday. He spent all of our money. I couldn't even buy our daughter a birthday cake or a present. Our families had to help. He literally left us with no money. Um, I I don't even like, I do want, I know he loves our kids and he cares about them, but he is so, uh, something's wrong with being gone for so long like he can't seem to prioritize his family the way he should and I hate making Mm -hmm. excuses for him but um I don't know I I I this is when I started like we we need to go to marriage counseling and stuff and we need to take stuff slow and it was just a hot mess. Was he agreeing that he was doing doing something wrong? Was he agreeing you needed to go to marriage counseling or was he just avoiding he you? He was avoiding me at all costs, all costs. He didn't want to talk to me at all. I was telling him how happy the kids and I were in our neighborhood and I was so excited for him to come home and to meet our new neighbors and all the friends that the kids were making in this awesome new home and he would say nothing. And that was the first like time I was like I don't know if he's coming home he didn't even he wasn't excited about coming home um and then you fast forward to summer um July 2019 I can still remember the morning and we get a knock on the front door and my daughter opens it and it's him and of course you know 
tears I'm filled with tears and I'm like in shock and she hugs him and he holds our new baby for the first time who's eight months old meets him for the first time and he kind of looks at me he's like are you gonna hug me and I'm like I don't know I don't know if I can like I don't I don't know how do you want me to um (laughs) so I did and it almost felt normal for like a day and then I don't know what we even fought about I don't even remember but he was like I'm leaving I'm leaving now and he I didn't even he just disappeared I don't even know Uh, it was three days after he had come home he just disappeared and said he did he needed more time um away from us and I'm like you just you just had a whole year like yeah I think um the best way to describe how what I felt over this these last two years are when when he first came home was you know my thought process is we just got to make it until your dad comes home and the kids are thinking the same thing like we're going to get a little bit of relief and help and you know they're overwhelmed with three kids and just me being able to do everything and missing their dad and we just gotta we're gonna we're gonna make it until your dad comes home and the biggest pill to swallow was that relief was never coming um that I would never have that partner that I deserved and that I would I was becoming a single mom and I love being a single mom now, um, but like that was the hardest thing at the time. In my head, it felt hopeless and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I'm sure that's, we always say, you know, have something to look forward to. And those, those things are the things that help you get through the really hard days. You tell yourself like, if I can just get through this, like, what XYZ will be there in, you know, just a few more days or a few more months. Like I can do this for a few more months. So I can only imagine when that is permanently gone. Yeah. Like I just can't imagine. Yeah, it was definitely the hardest pill to swallow. And um, I didn't even know about the girl yet, technically. I didn't know her name. I didn't know anything about her until – someone in my family caught wind from a friend of a friend of hers that's running their mouth at work. And my family literally, and I love my family, and but this was really hard. They sat me down pretty much intervention style to tell me that they knew my husband was seeing another woman. And uh, I can't even remember the next few weeks. It was just a whirlwind of emotions and Um, he basically told me, nope, I want a divorce and I want to leave you. He ended up saying all of this stuff. Um, and he actually left for California then for two months, left us again. So here I am doing everything alone. And, um, he handed me the divorce papers upon return right before, or right after our anniversary, like days after our anniversary. Um, And then the next year, 
was just on and off. He was in and out of our life. She, once I found out about her, she was in and out of his. She couldn't decide if she wanted to go back to her husband or not, or be with my husband. And they ended up going to our church that I brought my husband to, that I love so dearly that we brought our family to and changed our life. And they started going together and told me that they deserved a place without me. (laughs) Then they should have chosen a place that wasn't your home. Right, exactly. And I let it play out for a little bit and then I had had enough and I was like, nope, if you're, this is my home. This is where my family went, where our kids went. I'm going to go here. Um, But he, he was just so, I had begged him for months to go to therapy, even before when we were not going through the divorce. Um, And he refused. And I ended up going alone and it was super healing. Um, I learned a lot about myself and uh, how to be alone and be content being alone and how to recognize the gaslighting, the manipulation, because he was coming in and out like uh, kids drop offs. He was hitting on me, even though he was still with this girl, Um, Mm -hmm. which I should probably say the next big part is. We get to the following summer and I finally reach out to her husband because uh, for some reason he wasn't getting, he, I had tried reaching out before. I was like, can you please, I begged her to stop talking to my husband, like begged Mm -hmm. her. I was like, we have kids, like we have kids involved in this. You don't understand you're, she's younger. She had only been married a month before she deployed. She has zero kids. I was like, you don't even understand what is happening right now. And I don't know how to, she wouldn't listen to me at all. She just deleted everything, only listened to his side. And I think that was super hard for me too, being silenced like that. Yeah. They both made me out to feel crazy and that I was seeing and hearing things and it weren't, it wasn't true, but it was all true. Um, And so I finally reached out to him And he's like, no, I started an investigation. He's also in the military and he got pictures and emails and everything all because it's illegal in the military to do what they did. Oh, I didn't know. Yes. And he had a whole flash drive worth of evidence against my husband and his wife. And he turned it into their commander and started an entire investigation against these two. And my husband ended up getting discharged and fired from his full-time job. Um, and she only got demoted. Um, wow. We lost everything. He kept it from me. So our kids' health insurance, all the benefits, he just hid it from me and didn't tell me that he was no longer in the military and tried to hide it so I wouldn't know. Oh my god. Yeah, he I don't know, like there's just something I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what is going through his head. He's just he's completely a different person than the the man that I that left me, that left us our kids. Um and 
Is he still with her or are they still on and off at this point? I think that they're still on and off. I'm not 100% sure. I try to stay out of it other than I don't I don't want her to be in the kids' life right now if she doesn't know what she wants. Like, you're not going to come in and out of my kids' life. That's not okay with me. Um, to play with their hearts that way is not cool. So I yeah. I asked him, like, until you know for sure, he, she she needs to stay out. Um, I doubt that he follows those rules and there's nothing I can do about it. And uh, yeah. Is he actively in the kid's life now? Um, He is. He has them two weekends a month uh, or every other weekend, I should say. And I do offer them during the week as well. Um, He didn't really fight for anything more than that, which is really sad to me. Um, but it was mostly, you know, it's it's hard to talk about all the the money and the attorneys and all of that kind of stuff. It was just so painful to go through. Like, I don't, a divorce is one of those things I never thought I was going to go through. I thought we could get through anything. And it's probably one of the worst pains I've ever felt. It felt like this, this for me felt like I was mourning my husband's death. Like he's just not the same person. Well, you never got any closure. No. I mean, any form of, like any form of closure. And the weirdest thing is he's still a part, going to be a huge part of your life because you have kids together, but you still, I could completely get what you say about mourning because this sounds to me like a person who just is so incapable of seeing anything they could have done wrong or how it was hurtful to you. Yeah. That's a complete mind shift in someone. Well, and the ironic thing that you say that um, the closure, he actually tried to talk to me the other night and said he had just started going to therapy, surprise, surprise. Um, and that his therapist suggested that he sit me down and give me that closure and apologize for everything. And I basically, <laughs> and some people probably won't agree with this, but I basically told him to shove it. Um, yeah, I was like, if you are still with her, what kind of apology is that really? You're still, you're not, you're not sorry for the choices that you made. Um, and I, I, I love I love therapy. I know the healing it does. Um, but I also know that a therapist is there to help you and not to help me. And they want that closure mm-hmm. for you. And I don't think you deserve that. Um, I've, I've moved on and I've done so much healing. Um, and I don't really need you to sit me down and give, give me that closure. And I'm not going to allow you to I feel better. I don't I don't think it's okay for someone to come to you and say those things and apologize and almost like put the weight back on you and make you feel icky about everything else just to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and what have you done for yourself, uh, Kylie, this time you talk about the healing you've done yeah. other than time in general, which is, you know, one of the biggest healing factors. What have you been able to do to help yourself heal through all of this? Um, a lot of alone time. I've I've got to do a lot of traveling. I, I've gained a new hobby of hiking. 
and oh I love that yeah it was like the most healing thing to just be and I learned how to hike alone and safely and with friends but I go to the north shore a lot by myself and I actually road trip to Montana last summer and it was um the best thing ever I went with my sister and it was amazing Uh, I don't know I just a lot of time alone and reflecting at what I I did everything I could to save our marriage and our family and I'm at peace with that and I've learned what I deserve and um, that I'm not psycho and that I have so much love to give and to give to myself that I I, I'm not sure if I can swear and you can edit it out, but I'm a badass single mom and I yeah, you are. <laughs> raised three kids. I raised a newborn alone. I did two deployments. I um, work full time and I've done so much for our family and for our kids and for myself. I, I don't know. I just, I gained so much more respect and love for myself. Um, a lot of prayer, a lot of, um, I had to realize that those memories weren't um, weren't invalid or, or is that the right word? I, I felt so much betrayal for all those memories that we made together. Yeah. And but that's OK. That's that's on him. For me, those memories are still sacred and whole and um, I don't have to feel that betrayal for them. They still mean so much to me. I think that was another hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about where I'm at and I I've had, I've had so much fun dating <laughs> again even though it's yeah. been so hard in 2020 it was ridiculous but it's been mm-hmm. fun still and getting to know new people and what I've gotten to learn what I really want in a relationship and the things that I was lacking um what have you learned you really want? Um, I want <laughs> I want someone that it can lead a family that is not cowardly, that is able to tell me no, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that wants that adventure. Um, my biggest thing is that we are whole as individuals, that we're, we don't you know, two halves make a whole. I don't, I don't like that. I am a whole person by myself. I'm okay by myself. And I want them to recognize that for them too. Um, Mm -hmm. And that we're blessed to have each other. If we find each other, it's um, more of a blessing than I, I guess, destined. I, I'm okay doing life by myself. And I'm so proud of that. And I hope the same for them. Wow, Kylie, that's uh, that gave me chills. Aww. I love that, and I agree with you. I, you know, I've talked about even on this podcast before, um, dating people before who found all of their happiness through me or through some something else. And you really have to find that within yourself. So I love that you said you have to be a whole person because you mm-hmm. are, and then together you can have that happiness or uh, that extra whole unit. But you are whole on your own, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I love that. Kylie, you have been through a lot and um, I'm so thankful you're at this place now and I'm so thankful it was the right time for you to share this story because, I mean, the 
listening to you, the patience, the what you allowed to happen, like you were, and I don't mean allowed in like a, in a negative way. I, you did it in a way that, that was selfless. You were doing that for your family, allowing someone to take complete advantage of you and the situation. And I think that even in those times you felt weak, you were being very strong. And I am so happy you shared this story today because I think it's going to touch so many people. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast.